I went through all the Bigger Pockets podcasts and all the other podcasts, and I stumbled on you guys because I needed folks that were so Airbnb crazy like me because I was pushing my chips in, and I could not find anyone else that was just talking about it. You know, like <laughs> I, I needed more like-minded people because I think you had a podcast one time you're saying you know like if you go like to like a outing right there's a and you're in the airbnb game everyone around that's not in the airbnb game they can't relate you know they're kind of like civilians like they don't get it like you want to talk to them about personal finance you want to talk to them about Airbnb. now they don't want to hear that shit you know <laughs> <laughs> and i needed more people just as crazy as me i found you two yeah. <laughs> there you go <laughs> Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. <laughs> All right. What's and up, today, Micah man? What? What's up, Micah man? Chillin', chillin'. Uh, I've been doing good, and today we got a special guest with us. Special guest? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we had a guest, actually. It has been a while. Yeah, we got Yuri. I'm not going to butcher his last name. What's his name? Yuri? Pascar. Pascar. Yeah. Yuri Pascar. I see, I butchered it. Yuri. Yuri. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is episode 89. Yeah. On your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Home Away, um, sit here and BS about real estate podcast, you know. <laughs> And um, so we're glad to be back, and and hopefully all this video and stuff works. But yeah, we have a special guest, and it's Yuri Pascar, and we're very excited to get to to know him and his um, Airbnb journey. So nice to meet you, Yuri. Nice to meet you guys too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually met him in what one of the Airbnb groups on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I actually met him in there. He actually said he wanted to be on. I was like, oh heck yeah, we're looking for some people. So. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about yourself, Yuri. Where'd you get started? How did you get started with the Airbnb journey and so forth? Sure. Um, gosh, I um, I think I fell into it kind of uh, half-assed backwards. Some people start Airbnb in their own house. My yeah. wife never let me do that. Um, but I've been buying and selling real estate and fixing and flipping houses for about four years now. Okay. And I, I stumbled into Airbnb when we finished um, this monster seven-bedroom, five-bathroom house, and it, it was huge right next to the university, and we put it on the market, and it just wasn't selling as fast, and I had the option of moving seven college kids that would just wreck the place, or I, I bit the bullet, and I, I only had one friend that did Airbnb back then, and I, like, just picked her brain, everything she knew, and I just... I just furnished it, you know, seven bedrooms, seven queen beds, or six queen beds, one king. And then once you start, you got to finish. You got to get all the, the couches, the toiletries, everything that humans consume, um, coffees. And uh, now we've been running it for about a year and a half, and we have multiple Airbnbs. And I still fix and flip. That's my bread and butter. That keeps my guys busy. Um but when the product is done, I kind of just want to furnish it. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I only do like monster houses, like six, seven bedroom houses. Like, like when you, like I can sleep 16 plus, um, comfortably. 
Yes. Puts me in a different category than all the three bedroom, two bathroom homes that are going to the market, you know, coming in Airbnb every day. Yeah. So, so where do you operate? I am in Omaha, Nebraska, Warren okay. country. Um, yeah. So, so real quick, so going so big, getting these big houses, first of all, I guess you have less competition for these giant houses and you get a better deal on them? Uh, like acquisition-wise or price per night? From the uh, well, I guess acquisition-wise when you're, bu- when you're buying the thing. So you have less competition because no one's looking for these giant beast houses or what? Well, I'm, uh, I'm always buying them when they're just at the worst of the worst. I mean, like... Like houses that have been sitting for a couple years, and um, the competition is probably still there. But you know, I, I look for something that has at least a sixty, seventy thousand dollars construction budget, because then my crew can work for you know, five, six months straight. Um, there is still competition. I mean, there, there's a lot of investors in Omaha. People are fixing and flipping and wholesaling, and you know, so there's still there's still a lot of competition. But once the product is is ready. You're right. There's only like five or six, 16 homes that can sleep 16 plus here in Omaha. I happen to be one of them. And I would assume everybody's fighting over the, the three, two bread and butter, you know, uh, starter homes. That's what everybody wants to fix and flip because they sell like hotcakes, right? Right. Yep. And um, I just realized they just don't produce uh, pri- uh, nightly rate. Those three bedroom, two bathroom homes, they just don't cash flow as well as these bigger ones you know like if i'm going to spend all this time airbnb and i, I want two three four hundred dollars a night unless it's a special event i want more you know so question so, so oh, go ahead. you're doing these huge gigantic houses because me i'm like in my head running numbers like dang how much <laughs> furnishing it's, a, yeah. it's like yeah first one how much is it costing you to furnish something like that like a seven bedroom well that's a good question um so I furnished this one about two years ago, and I didn't really know about Amazon. Well, I knew about Amazon, but I didn't know they'll deliver everything you need to your door. So I went to Nebraska Furniture Mart. I went to garage sales. I, you know, here and there. Now the system is streamlined. Um, Amazon delivers everything: the mattresses, the beds, the toilet paper, like the, the just the pots and pans, everything. <laughs> um, so I can furnish a two-bedroom apartment. For about three, four thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Smart. There you Damn. go. Okay. How about one of your houses, the big houses? Um, I mean, under ten. Under, under 10. ten. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good, even though because you what? How much are you like on the high end, high season? How much you rent that thing out? For? I would say at least four or five hundred a night. Um, we are between like two fifty and four fifty. Oh, that's good. And um, I just recently set uh, two night minimums, and then for holidays three night minimums. Yeah. Because um, we were having too many people try to sneak in a little party here and there um, with those one night minimums. So I had to be careful. Um, but yeah, I mean it cash flows uh, about two times better than a regular rental. Um, but the other benefits of like. Never having a 30-day vacancy, never having to deal with an eviction, never having to chase somebody down for money or a make-ready when I have to clean the place up. Plus, it's staged, so I could flip it at any time. Mm-hmm. Any time. It's like 
perfection. It's like a, I tell people, it was like a museum. The furniture never gets moved. It gets cleaned better than my own house does. Um, it's, it's definitely more active. Nobody should get into Airbnb thinking it's passive. Like you have a long-term rental, you, uh, you collect your check once a month, don't have to worry about the the internet and the utilities but airbnb man it's you're like a hotel concierge you know, it's, it's, you'd be a crusty landlord and survive in the airbnb game sounds like you're kind of kind of running little hostels over there in a way well um only um the people all know each other i don't rent by the room so these are all groups you know mm-hmm. like groups 12 14 16 lots of bachelorette parties I mean, they just love, love this place. Um, do you offer a, your Do you offer your services at the bachelorette parties? <laughs> there was one time I had to help fix the air conditioner because uh, <laughs> they went out. <laughs> I've seen movies start out like that. <laughs> uh, and then they they snuck in the the bachelorette party. They uh, they said something like, "Oh, we're going to a funeral," and then we have the uh, the camera outside the door, outside, not in the house. We have it outside, and. Uh, I mean, they're dressed way too nice for a funeral. Uh, <laughs> Just to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, going back to uh, something that, because you said you get Amazon to deliver everything, which is freaking amazing. Yeah. But um, I get nervous when like one or two boxes get set on the front porch. Where do they put all your stuff, putting all the beds and everything? Right. That's a good question. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, so I'm furnishing actually two homes right now. Right, the College World Series is about to hit Omaha. Oh, and that's nice. The hotels are sold out and rates are just skyrocketing. And, and two people reached out to me. They're out-of-town investors. And, you know, they wanted me to furnish their places. And, you know, they're both out of town. They don't want these packages just sitting at their vacant house. So it, it arrived at my house. So my wife comes home and there's like, 37 packages on the front door um, and usually she's the one getting amazon packages and all of a sudden i've got like mattresses and beds and, and nightstands and you know everything they can get put together with an allen wrench just arrives to my house <laughs> so, so it took over my living room and uh today just now i just finished delivering uh two truckloads i'll probably have more tomorrow so um, do you have a crew setting up all your furniture? Because you said everything's put together with the Allen wrench. Are you, you putting it together personally, or you have somebody doing it? Uh, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid of both. Um, so, th- so I've been fixing and flipping for three years, and I've got guys that only work for me. I've, I've paid them every single Friday. And for a contractor to get paid every Friday, they, they know where their, where their work is when their paycheck comes. So... Um, when my guys aren't fixing houses, yes, they're moving furniture with me. They're setting it up. Absolutely. Um, but like today I'm, I'm setting up the beds by myself. Um, so I, you know, I, I do a lot of the sweat, sweat equity part, but when I need help, I, I, I can, it's just a phone call away. That's cool. Yeah. And I found like a neighborhood kid who likes to turn a Allen wrench, <laughs> get him to do it. Yeah, I could. Oh man, but there's there's so much more. Like I've got, so I told you there's there's two houses I'm, I'm furnishing, and all the boxes have just like combined together. So I'm putting the bed together, but it's a bed that's supposed to be in a different apartment, and all the boxes are not looking alike. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit more than just putting it together. I got to go through the inventory and 
but it's okay. I'm building a I'm building a system, and um, I see I see the light at the end of the tunnel. But that money's so good, Yuri. It's worth well, it's, it. It's every weekend, you know. When you're a landlord, you got to wait till the fifth to get your check. If you got a property management company, they might pay you on the eighth. And then if your tenant doesn't pay you, then you got to fight them. With Airbnb, the money just goes right into your bank account, like four, five, six times a month. There you go. <laughs> it's a beautiful be thing, bad. man. It's a beautiful thing. Do you mess with any others like VRBO or HomeAway or anything? I did VRBO uh, two years ago um, on a different house, and I had, a, I had a good experience. You know, it was an older crowd that booked it, um, folks that didn't really want an Airbnb profile. Um, but I'm strictly airbnb right now i may take some listings off the app maybe turn it into a cash listing but recently it's more important for me to have that income documented because i'm I'm actually going through a a refinance based on airbnb income and so you know because i've had a year and a half of uh solid income and so my taxes are done and i'm trying to pull some cash out of that house and uh, it was, it was, you know, it, it was a little learning experience because bankers aren't um, too keen about Airbnb underwriting just yet. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a foreign topic. But once it's on your taxes, then yeah, it's, it's income. It shows, you know. What bank are you trying to go through? If you, if you don't mind us asking. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I grew my portfolio, and I've got long-term rentals too. I, I've got a, I kind of kind of mixed bag of Airbnbs and just regular rentals. Um, I use a community bank here in town. Um, shout out to Dundee Bank. Um, they're just really investor friendly. They keep their loans in house, so it's like a portfolio lender. Um, and that's what I would recommend for anyone uh, trying to scale. Uh, was that your Airbnb app? I heard a, I heard a, I heard a chime. Michael's goes off all the time. Uh, <laughs> he, has, he has 500 listings. Mine's muted. <laughs> <laughs> you. It's funny you should say that, Yuri, because I, I, um, I recently turned my, my last Airbnb into a long-term because they, you know, they've been banning it over here. And yeah. so I just asked you, I'll go long-term because they're just going to ban everything. And, um, and I used to get that. I, I, it hasn't happened no more, but I, uh, every little shwing, shwing, everything like on the radio or on the TV, I'd be like, oh, oh. it's like uh, <laughs> Pavlov's dog, man. I was yeah. like, whoa, shit, is that it? I got a booking, looked at my phone, no, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I used to get that. So that's probably what it is, Yuri. You're probably just hearing things. <laughs> Heard some money. <laughs> Here's some money, yeah. <laughs> so on your refinance rent, the finance, because you said you've been doing it a year and a half. So your bank, they're they're they're, I guess, being more friendly towards the Airbnb income. Yep. Um, yep. So the taxes show what the income was, and then it shows the expenses. The expenses are kind of heavier in the cleaning side because we do 1099 some cleaners. Mm-hmm. You know, it was heavier in the utilities uh, versus a long-term rental because that's on me, the utilities. Um, but really, those were the only, the internet. Um, you know, those are the only expenses uh, right. once you get the furnishing set up. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because I'm I'm going through a refi and I was able to use my Airbnb income. And that's what everyone's been asking me, like, "Hey, how do you do it?" And I'm like, "Only people that I know so far, and it's good that you you actually found a community bank. Only people I have found it was Quicken and I believe uh, uh, Wells Fargo. So that's good that community banks are hopping on board. Me and Steve need to get on some community banks down here. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And so, um, 
it is a huge house, and you and you kind of you kind of mentioned it a little bit about um, you changed it to two at least two two night minimum to avoid getting the uh, the party house thing going on. Has that? I mean, have you had some crazy parties going on, or um, is that like an issue? You know, it isn't even that bad. Um, we had one kegger slip through. Um, my neighbors messaged me. They're like, you know, the entire bar scene is at your house, right? <laughs> you know? And it was like the next day was Christmas Eve, and this nice family asked to check in earlier. So I was already rushing. And oh, so no. I messaged her, I messaged her, and I'm like, Annie, I know you're having a party. Just clean everything up. And when we get there in the morning, and they, they stayed off the carpet, but there, there was some beer spilt on the um, on the uh, floors and cleaned it up, um, hustled, but boom, you know, the next, the next guest went right in, you know, um, we had, one, we had one family stay for one night and the next morning, um, I show up to kind of clean it a little bit and the wall is a completely different color, <laughs> like a different gray. Like we go, we use like Sherwin Williams agreeable gray, Oh yeah. the wall, like there's like, it's like a darker gray, and then it looks like somebody just threw mud on it and didn't even sand it. So this family had, like, kids, and then maybe one fell, maybe put an elbow through the drywall. And instead of just leaving it alone and, and, and getting, like, you know, the little fee that I would have charged, they, they stopped their vacation short. They went to Home Depot. They bought some mud or something. They <laughs> put it on the wall. Then they bought whatever gray they could find. <laughs> And they try to fix it. <laughs> oh my god! I still, I still charge them. I went through the Airbnb resolution for the first time. I only charged them hundred bucks, you know. Um, but like, would you stop your vacation to to patch up some drywall? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I just put like a poster over it and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean that's you know. Other than that, nothing, nothing real crazy. Oh yeah, we we did have one crazy thing. Um, so I do have um, I I have a co-host myself. Like I have a little team. I have a four-man operation, um, and um, my cleaner came to the property one Monday uh, after after a booking, and I get a message like, "Hey, didn't the last guest like check out?" And I, yeah, they did. And he goes, well, there's someone sleeping in the basement. <laughs> and then, and they go, and they go, they go. Do you, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to call the police? And I go, no, wait right there. I'll be there with my baseball bat. I just, I just, I was already on. I was already amped up. <laughs> I, wanted to get, I wanted to get into some kind of trouble. Well, so, I, so I show up, and my cleaner's outside, and I walk around, and it looks like one of the doors is kind of like busted, like one of the doorknobs is busted, and like we peep through the. Uh, the camera, the outside camera is like unplugged, so it's already like a little sketch. Yeah. Um, we ended up calling the police. They were there quick, and it's just some homeless guy just was walking up and down this neighborhood, and this is a good neighborhood too. Just trying doors, found like one door that I had that was wobbly or something. Um, he actually broke in with the, like a screwdriver and just fell asleep in the basement. <laughs> so, you know. Thank God my cleaner found him and not a guest. <laughs> you know? Wow, that is crazy. And you're ready, you're ready to do some battle. 
homeless person in my Airbnb. But, you know, other than that, like, I don't know, it's, some sheets have been ruined, but you know, that comes with the territory. Um, yeah. So how many, so you said you do like six to seven bedrooms. Like how much, how do you advertise that? Like how many people do you advertise that for? Like 20 people or how much? Party no. house. We got, yeah. Uh, uh, we don't want them too crammed. So, you know, we try to keep them comfortable. Um, it's on Airbnb. It's, you know, every bed's a queen or a king. So that's two, two people per bed. A uh, couch someone could sleep on. Um, you know, I don't have any air mattresses, so we just we just go through the Airbnb thing and you know put how many guests can uh, sleep there comfortably, and that's just how it's advertised. Um, yeah, nothing nothing special. So, now, how many units do you have now? Airbnb units. So, so I've got um, I've got uh, I've got a I got a seven bedroom house. I got a uh, five-bedroom house. I have a two-bedroom condo that I that I'm doing arbitrage for the first time, but I'm actually going to shut that down, and we can go into into why. So I tried arbitrage, okay, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'm I'm now managing well two out-of-towners Airbnbs, and then I have t- two fix and flips that are at the tail's end, and I have the option or the luxury of either flipping them or biting the bullet and staging two more B&Bs, and, that, and that's a six-bedroom and a five-bedroom. So I don't know what that adds up to, but um, a little less than 10. Um, wow. Yeah. Man, you started when? Two years ago? How many years ago? I started, uh, I formed my LLC. I bought my first property four years ago, but I got into the Airbnb world two years ago. Uh, years only, now, only now do I have some, some momentum, I feel. Okay. okay, let's let's dive into the why you're anti-arbitrage. What's that all about? Because Micah recently hopped out of an arbitrage, right, Micah? Yeah, yeah I'm hopping out the arbitrage game. Go ahead um, on your end. Your... Well, I'm not I'm not anti-arbitrage. Um, it's it, it's it's just like real estate is super local to your market. You know, people talk about the recession, but in 2009, Omaha didn't really get hit. You know, it's, mm. real estate's local, and so you know, I see on. Facebook, you know, these Airbnb millionaires who post their screenshots of their Airbnbs. And, and it's it's from arbitrage, right? It's from going out and getting a bunch of apartments and, and stuff. But you're not getting any tax benefits. There's no depreciation. You're not building any equity. If that landlord kicks you out or if there's a policy change, you got to shift. And in Omaha, where I'm at, you know, people travel less in January, February, March. So whereas I might be thriving in the winter, I'm just surviving. I'm sorry. I may be thriving in the summer. I'm surviving in the winter. And I do my own snow. I do my own lawn. So I, I'm the one that's extremely active. Um, but on the arbitrage, I mean, I'll share the numbers with you. I got a two-bedroom condo pretty much downtown, 775 I put it on Airbnb and... And um, people were just trying to party there. I mean, it wasn't a six-bedroom house. I couldn't get my, my 400 a night. You know, I was getting $90, $80. And I could see the writing on the wall that, like, this is not I, – I can't keep having, like, one, two, three-night bookings. I wasn't getting – it was oversaturated. Everyone's doing it. Yep. So I took a page out of Micah's book, and I went corporate housing, furnished finder travel nurse housing, and that's been a game changer. Um, 
but I'm still shutting it down because you know I um, you know I went corporate housing. I had another person I wanted to move in. I tried to get another unit in that same apartment building, and then the crusty landlord just got a little you know like, oh, I can't I do this myself, and he didn't want to get me you know he didn't want to do another lease with me. After that, I was just like you know, the cash flow is. I'd rather own the home. I'd rather get my depreciation. I'd rather get tax benefits. You know, I'd rather. So that's 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 why, and and it works for others. You know, if you're not in a position to to put down payments and buy homes, yeah, or get your fee wet, arbitrage, co-host. But I think owning it is the long-term goal always. I guess they say you're like you're kind of like buying yourself a job in a way, right? With an arbitrage. You're buying yourself a job. Yeah. Yep. Well, Michael's hopping out. I have never done an arbitrage, but I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I wish don't. we could get a two-bedroom condo in Dallas for seven hundred a month. <laughs> yeah. That'd make me want to hop back in. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, that's kind of why I hopped out too, man. It's just like when you look at it, if you look at it from the owner's point of view, you're making pennies on the dollar to what he's making. If you take ten units from him, you know how much money he's making by leasing his places out to you. You're really not. It, it's a cash game. I mean, arbitraging is, you're just making cash. It's no, Like you said, there's no equities, no depreciation, no tax benefits. So you're right. That's kind of why I left it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to focus on buying, you know. But we will get a straight arbitrager on the show to, to <laughs> state his case yeah. for arbitrage, you know what I'm saying? Adam James is huge about arbitrage, right? Yeah, yeah, he's big in it. There's a lot of, a lot of our past guests have been big in it, you know. Right, And right. it is a great way to make, you know, cash flow. Now, Airbnb automated guy. You know who that one? That one from on YouTube, the automated Airbnb automated. He will be a future guest. Yep, he's big into um, into arbitrage. And I, and I had a, I had I had a, I had a hunch. I had a, a thought you know, like how these people can grow so quickly. You know, one you need a place where it's people still travel in the winter. You know, places where it's nice year round. That's important. But then eventually you run into like a cash crunch, right? Like you just putting all this money out deposits first most rent furnish furnishings did you see the uh, airbnb host capital from cabbage did you guys get that little email from cabbage yeah yeah, yeah. okay i saw what you're talking about from from actual from actually from airbnb right from airbnb did you yeah. kind of click on it mess around with it i looked at it a little bit but i didn't spend too much time on what was going on well they 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 will advance up to fifty thousand dollars it's all based on your future revenue and oh. they pay them back. You pay them back. Like every time there's a guest, you know, you can pay them back half. It's automatic. And so I think that's how these guys scale so fast is that they just get bookings, get apartments, and then they, they got, they, they're going to run out of cash eventually. And then, and then they, they go through Cabbage. And I've seen some of their screenshots. Like they have different, like, names. Like, 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 like it might be like, um, this person's profile and a different person's profile. I bet you they one they hit their their fifty, and then they just create a new profile, and then they get more apartments, and they get another fifty racks. And I, I think that's how they're doing it. And that's what I would do if I was in a city like Miami, and I and you know I just that's what I would do. Man, think about Miami, man. And then the like those cities, like this is my my new. I think I talked. I think pretty much talked about my new strategy. Is I'm just going to Airbnb's website and only going to cities where Airbnb's contracted with the city to oh. pay taxes. Because at this point, it's like so many cities are getting shut down. A lot of people are just like doing the thing of, oh well, there's no uh, 
there's no uh, restrictions here, so I'm going to go here. But, okay, that doesn't mean there's no restrictions to come, you know what I mean? So, And it's just so many, so many, so many things with short-term rentals that they're not accustomed to yet, you know. So, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. The hazard. But the arbitrage thing, I, I do say this about arbitrages. I think they're safe from city regulations, I will say that. I've noticed that. Um, but which is we, we kind of don't have that luxury when we're buying, but you know, there's ways around it. We can look for, you know, look in places where just depends on where you look. You know what I mean? Yeah. I liked your, uh, little advice about just dropping that little pin in the middle of the lake. Hey, well, it works. You gotta cloak it. <laughs> yeah. There was a uh, oh, real quick. I mean, do you is that something you worry about in Omaha? Has there been some city council meetings about Airbnb getting out of control and stuff? I'm glad. You, I'm so glad you brought that up. Omaha is so Airbnb friendly. So Warren Buffett, you know, we have Berkshire Hathaway here every year. And okay. like four or five years ago, Warren wrote to his shareholders in, in a le- in an open letter. Hey, um, the hotels are squeezing you guys, my shareholders, because um, they sell out. Try this Airbnb thing. And this was, maybe it was more than four or five years ago. This is when Omaha had like 15 Airbnbs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think Warren, it, that year, Airbnb was going to like uh, double the payout. That was their initial, you know, that was the thing. It was on my Facebook. It was like, Berkshire Hathaway come in Omaha, Nebraska, double your payout. And so that got more and more people doing it. Um, and then the, the question, so Warren's for it. And the question is city council meetings. They just passed some legislative legislation just recently that said they're going to get out of the way. For short-term rentals, there will be no new planning, um, no new planning rules. There will be no um, interference. They just, they will not create any new laws around short-term rentals because we only have 15,000 hotel rooms in our city and they mm-hmm. sell out quick when we have big events and we love our tourism money um so no Air- omaha is very airbnb friendly i don't see that changing and they don't collect taxes like how micah said you look at uh, places that the city state collect t- taxes omaha doesn't it's up to the host to do that really okay yeah. Now, do you have to pay like a hotel occupancy tax? Uh, Steve, I, I, I didn't. Um, even on my even on my Airbnb, you could click the button that says add tax. I don't. Um, I don't even have a deposit on mine. And I'll tell you what, I, I was just floored this year after we finished our taxes. Um, we got money back. And I was expecting to pay because uh, I made more Airbnb income than I ever have. And I flipped Three, three homes, and somehow, um, I think it was like this double depreciation or bonus depreciation. There's something. Um, my accounting friend said that, um, my accountant said that uh, this year, all his clients that are W-2 employees, they were just pissed. <laughs> all, his, all his self-employed uh, clients, they were just happy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've I've heard that even at my job. There was all the W two people that live on W two. They were like, "Oh, I owe money." I was sitting back like, "Damn, how did you get money? You yeah, got money back, but hey, yeah. <laughs> you don't, yeah." But so I'm in a I'm in a real cool place 
to do Airbnb. Um, I hope I can do it for a while. So if any of y'all fans out there, listeners, want to start up an Airbnb in Omaha, hit up our friend Yuri. He'll hook you up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Dang, yeah. Omaha. I never even thought of Omaha. I mean, that, that's what, that's kind of what I was telling Steve. You can go to, like, these random markets you probably won't even think about and, you know, make a killing, you know. Mm-hmm. Now my question is this. Now shift into the real estate side of Omaha. Okay, okay. How much does a typical 3-2-2 go for out in Omaha? Gosh, I'm anywhere from seventy thousand to one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, um, I mean we have our million dollar homes here, but we also have just there's inventory. Um, so I'm buying a duplex in a couple of days for ninety five thousand. Um, I mean there's there's still deals here, and there's a lot of competition, but you know, our, our property taxes are high. You know, but how high but is people, that, like percentage wise? Uh, gosh, I don't know percentage-wise. Mine's like 600 bucks a month <laughs> in my primary residence. Uh, 600 a month? Yeah. Oh, damn. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty uh, high. I don't know, per- know percentage-wise. It's kind of a mixed bag. But, um, Would you, I mean, could I ask what they value your house as? Uh, at, or? Yeah, they, they uh, absolutely. The tax assessed value is like 290 290 that's the tax assessed value, and so do some math, Mike. Mike, do you know some math? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I was gonna say, do no, some no, math. My, if you my, re- I'm kind of actually kind of funny, man. But they uh, so seventy two hundred dollars is your we're taxes. in a yeah. we're in a school district that's. Um, I mean, they squeeze us in the in the school district that we live in. I don't even have kids. Um, if I if I was in a different part of town, I wouldn't be paying that much. It's 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 the school district that's. So you, to your house, we could say your, but your house is appreciating pretty good, then, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it definitely appreciating. Yeah, if I See, wanted to uh, jump out of it, I could probably get half a mil if I wanted to get geez. out of it. So you go use like the school's um, gym and and pool and monkey bars and stuff just to get your money's worth. <laughs> no, uh, we walk our dog around the track, and he might take a dump. Uh, <laughs> and so my, my school dollars will pick that up. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll pick it up. But no, we don't. Uh, we don't use any of the school facilities. So y'all are y'all yeah, close yeah. to? Go ahead, go ahead, Steve. University of Nebraska. Yep. Oh, see, so all the football games, y'all get a um, pretty good crowd. Yep. We get uh, we get good crowd for the football games, and um, I don't know if it's Steve or is it you or Micah that has uh, a home in Arkansas? Is it you, Micah? That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, you had an episode that you were kind of surprised about like for like the holidays like the get-togethers like thanksgiving like birthdays like graduations graduations have been also huge we got a bunch of schools here we got creighton university of nebraska we got we have and every you know that they have graduations all year round so birthdays graduations thanksgiving christmas every single holiday um you name it we had we had the women's roller derby championship we had 16 <laughs> 16 gals in this house and then they would go skate around a circle and just beat the crap out of each other and then it's just anything and everything (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy yeah that's the thing about colleges that you have to think about there's your graduations year round I never even thought about I forgot Creighton was up there year round absolutely wow man 
You're, Omaha, Nebraska. Do you oh, yeah. have? Do you? Okay, you've been doing it for a while, little while. Um, do you have any like killer tips that you ain't heard on any other like podcast or any other blog or whatever that you like? This is a Yuri tip, a Yuri. I've, I got I've, a little one, and it's not even. I got a little one, and it's not even that. You know, Airbnb's coming out eventually with that customization link where you can, you know, instead of telling somebody go to my webpage www.airbnb backslash rooms one two three four a six you know how the, the long hyperlink well um about a year ago i was like oh, i wanted to share my my web page with people i just i wanted to share my listing page with people i didn't know how to i didn't want to text their phone like the entire hyperlink so i just went to i just went to godaddy.com and i i registered just a website mine is um www.airomaha so that's a i r O-M-A-H-A dot net if you want to take a look. And the only thing that website does... Redirect. Is redirect. Smart. So now if I want to show somebody my, my, my digital business card, I just text them this easy link and then it pops right up on their phone and that's that's me and my, my wife's in the picture. Those are some of our homes. We have our reviews. Um... And it, it's just it's just so easy. Um, Hold on, quick question: How do you? What's your website again? I gotta try yeah, this. It's uh, it's www.airomaha.net. They didn't have .com, so I had to get like .net something. I don't even know oh man, gee, Steve, this is genius. <laughs> that is oh, that is genius. <laughs> hey. That's hey. If you're listening right now, I just typed that in. That is the best tip I have ever heard. That is genius, right there. Wow, that's genius. That that that's. Hey, I'm about to do that. I'm doing that. Like that's fifteen smart. bucks a year, and you know it's it's just such an easy digital business card to text somebody, tell people. Oh, you know. That's a Yuri original. He was you heard it here first. On on uh, live let thrive y'all. So don't say we never gave y'all nothing. Thanks Yuri. Thanks for the hookup. <laughs> wow. Okay, you got some nice houses. You got six of them. I like these. These are dope, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hundred and ninety nine a night. Three hundred a night. Two thirty. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's before you add all your guests. Once you start going past four guests, then it starts to change a little bit. <laughs> hey, I like this though. That that was smart, man. I like and I like the background picture you got. That's dope, man. Yeah. All right, the flipping game. I mean, flipping game. You have you you deal with. I mean, you that's what you do. You deal with contractors, and a lot of people have um, bad um, bad luck with contractors. How do you, how did you get to where you you got it? You know, you got it running smooth. Oh, man. Uh, trial and error. Um, so three years ago, no, four years ago, five years ago, whenever I bought my first, my primary residence, um, so my wife and I, we bought our house. And the very first night, you know, I'm taking a shower. My wife's watching TV in the den right below where the shower is. Hmm. And I hear a scream. <laughs> <laughs> I go downstairs, and she points at the uh, Cox cable outlet. So out of the cable outlet, there's water coming out of the cable outlet. Oh, <laughs> and we, we just moved from, like, an apartment to this house. And you know, we just closed that day and missed it in the inspection because, you know, what inspector looks at your cable outlet when, <laughs> when he runs the shower? <laughs> 
and so that's how that's how it started. I just I had to ask around like, hey, do you know a plumber? Hey, do you know a plumber? And then got the wrong one, and then we got the right one, and then they cut into the the drywall, and then they replaced the plumbing, but then they cut into the drywall that had the wallpaper, the pink wallpaper. So now we had to take the wall green wall, the pink wallpaper down, and then when we took that down, we got to put the drywall up, and it, that that just led to remodeling the bathroom that was attached to it. And the plumber had brought um, the, a, a, the plumber had bought like a paint brought a painter with him, and then the plumber would just leave. And the painter would just do everything, mud, drywall, sand, and, you know, this is the first time I had watched a house change, like even like taking wallpaper down, you know, I, like it was actually a change. Every day something new happened and it was exciting. And so I would take time off work just to kind of help the painter do whatever he's doing. And I started, you know, thinking, you know, I, I, I need to see this again, like this, this change, this this bathroom changing, this, this, this wallpaper coming off. I, I, I need this again. So we kept remodeling the house. And eventually I, I talked my wife into putting a down payment on, 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 on the, the first rental property. And I, I called the, the painter back. And at that time, who he was working with, the plumber, he just didn't have any more work for him. And so I gave him work. And that guy has been with me for the last three years. And he's gotten paid every single Friday and now I've got two more guys that are also jack of all trades so I got three guys that I pay every single week they only work for me um, and I've got other subs I could call for like roof and for other things but you know as long as I keep finding these beat up houses I can keep my guys working and that's that's the most important thing just keeping my guys busy um, nice kind of like you got your own construction business in a way just real small, just real grassroots, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Did you um, think of maybe making a construction business and doing it for other people? Yeah, that's a great question, and I've had to take on clients when I like, and when I'm in between construction loans, when I'm in between closings, I you know I got to keep them busy, or they're going to go work somewhere else. And so I, I've I've done work for other people, I have, but it there's not it doesn't. You know, working for other people who uh, aren't in the trenches, they might bark at the rec- you know, some. They might not get understand why there's so much material costs or why there's so much labor. You know, they they think it's like HGTV. You know, everything happens in like a thirty forty five minute segment. That's there's so many things that happen, and um, yeah. So I, I have worked for other people, but it's only just to fill a void until I get my next construction loan. So that's a, like, like a unique position. You get to see it from both sides, as the you know the customer and as the um, the worker. You know that's yeah. That, that's interesting. Um, and so and so, this is your primary gig now. Do you have a uh, W two job or this is what you do? Um, I did. I, uh, I I used to have a W two. My corporate life. I uh, I was an insurance agent. I still am. I kept my insurance license. Um, I worked for Mutual of Omaha. This huh. big company here. Yeah. Um, I grinded. I grinded sixty-hour work weeks, and I, I crushed it. But I didn't have that freedom, and I started reading more books and started doing like my uh, personal financial statement. And I realized my house was growing. My my mortgage was lowering. Like my yeah, I had my four hundred one k. I had my savings, but it looked like my home was like my biggest asset. And I was like, you know what? This has to hold true for the second one. 
the third one, the fourth one. And, um, and I, I, I stuck it around corporate life as long as I could. And then I just, I just bailed. But by, but before I left though, I maxed out the fact that I had that sweet W2. I went and talked to every bank and I'll give you another tip. I'll give you one more tip. Cause I like how excited Micah got with the first tip. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give, you, I'll give you another tip. Um, I had used this uh, software. I think it was called like Personal Capital or Mint.com. It's just something that like you can upload like your accounts, and then it kind of shows you your your assets, your liabilities. And and I had a I had a checking account with like a thousand dollar overdraft protection, right? You know, if you if you go out, if, you know, if you if you have an overdraft, that's what it's there for. And in that software, it said line of credit. And it was the first time I had, like, started realizing what line of credit meant, you know, like what it could be used as acquisition-wise. And so I called that bank, and I was like, you know, and I had that sweet W-2. I was like, you know, I, I don't really need this, but, like, it's a 1000 Like, how high can you go? Like, and they're like, oh, well, we've got a much better product, this credit card with a lower interest rate. And I go, well, no, I, I know I don't really need a credit card. I'm just wondering how, how high can you go take this overdraft protection? They took it up to 25 G. And then I called the next bank <laughs> that I had like a $500 overdraft protection and then raised that thing up to 10 G's. And you know, when you're applying for credit, it's called batching. You do it all at once, right? If one yeah. bank runs for credit, you might as well talk to everybody. And so before I left my W-2, I had just made sure I, could, I got as many lines of credit set up as possible. And I had formed an LLC, too, before I left my W-2. And I had bought a bunch of properties in my LLC because of my W-2. And I even found some strength partners, some folks with better W-2s than me, you know, and I partnered up with them. You know, and sometimes you, you got to stand on the shoulders of giants just to, just to kind of, you know, go forward. And so when I finally left my W-2, I had 10 properties. I had my lines of credit set up that I could just buy a house cash if I needed to and then refinance it with my community bank. So um, I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm, I'm going to stop going into work. It was six years of, of planning, a lot of podcasts. I went through all the Bigger Pockets podcasts and all the other podcasts. And I stumbled on you guys because I needed folks that were so airbnb crazy like me because i was pushing my chips in and i could not find anyone else that was just talking about it you know like (laughs) i I needed more like-minded people because i think you had a podcast one time you're saying you know like if you go like to like a outing right there's a and you're in the airbnb game everyone around that's not in the airbnb game they can't relate you know, they're kind of like civilians. Like, they don't get it. Like, you want to talk to them about personal finance? You want to talk to them about everything? No, they don't want to hear that shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I needed more people just as crazy as me. I found you two. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I found Micah through Bigger Pockets. So, same kind of thing, you know? Yeah, that's true. Say, hey, Out of through Bigger Pockets. He's man. the one that told me about Airbnb. He was killing it on Airbnb. And so, yeah, that, we just uh, let's just do a podcast about it. I used to do like a rock and roll podcast back in the day, so I was like, "That sounds cool." I know how to podcast. You know how to do Airbnb. Let's let's do this thing. Maybe someone will listen. Well, you guys, you guys just have fun on your on your. You know, you guys will talk about this. You go and talk about this, but 
you guys have fun, you know? And it's all share economy. You know, you don't, you guys don't really talk about flipping houses or wholesaling or new construction. It's kind of Airbnb focused. Um, And that's what I needed at that time. Like I was just, I think I was furnishing another giant house and I was just like, you know, like I just needed more people like me. Um, Hey, you can, you can send your check to uh, Fort Worth, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You guys should set up a little, little fun, little nonprofit, little let, let, let thrive, go fund me. uh, Something. That's coming. Yeah. That's definitely coming. Okay. We need to do a lot of things, man. That's um sounds that sounds cool. Um, you meant you glo- you mentioned it real quickly, yeah. About strength partners, yeah. and that's the first time I've heard that term. But yeah. what exactly you mean? Do you mean by strength partners? Yeah, so wherever you're weak, you go find the person that's not weak in that situation. So I left my W two, right? And banks love W two. They love W twos. So I went and I found somebody that had a strong W two, needed help investing. So then you form an LLC, you know, and maybe 50-50 or 60-40, however you figure out. And you get to leverage that person's W-2 in your LLC. You know? That's awesome. Um, if, and that, that, that is how you scale. Yeah. You know, I think each LLC is allowed like a million bucks in debt. And so once you hit your first million, you get another LLC with another partner. Um, so. That's cool, man. Strength partners, I like that. And has it... um. I don't know. I've always been scared to take on like partners. Is it? Is it? Um, sure. Can it be pretty challenging at times? Yeah, it can. I've left two partnerships. Um, you know, I've I've been in a few partnerships and I've walked away from some. And people get all excited about jumping into bed with somebody, but they never think about what happens after the honeymoon phase. You know, and so I've you know I've had to amend operating agreements and walk away. And usually during that time, there's assets involved because you both personally guaranteed houses loans um that's actually how i got my seven bedroom house was when i left the llc i took this house with me i said you guys have the other stuff i want this one um so yeah you know partners you know, i've heard different things you know some partners are with you for a reason some are with you for a season some are with you for a lifetime you know yeah. now my partners are my family you know because they're with me for a lifetime um, but you know, if you, so it's tough to say, there's no wrong answer, you know? So you I mean, you're cool with doing business with family? Uh, <laughs> that's a good, that's a, you know, they say never rent to friends, family, don't, don't do business with friends, family. Yep. With, with my, with my folks, I, I I'm comfortable. Yeah. That's good. With my folks, I'm comfortable. That's good. And, and one. Funny you said that. Don't rent to friends and family. Because <laughs> you got to be the bad guy eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. The last two months we've had, like, because I, I got an Airbnb in Arkansas. Last in the last two months, I had two family members asking me to rent it, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I know what you mean, man. And then they find out what you're doing they try to get in oh you're like ah, i'm good just let them <laughs> just let them pay six months at a time i mean it'd be smooth <laughs> yeah then you don't want to go in your place after six Ooh, months Ooh, that's <laughs> true <laughs> and, okay. that's kind of what steve's going through now he don't know what's going on in this place <laughs> <laughs> talking about goth girl uh, oh is that what you're talking about i don't know or the first yeah. one 
I'll let you explain that. Uh, <laughs> did, did, that was on the last podcast. Did you listen to the last podcast, Yuri? I missed it. I I, I listen on um on iTunes, and I think that might be behind a couple. Okay. This one's episode, I think 86 was the last one I put up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, check it out. You'll, you'll hear about Goth Girl on there. Uh, oh, yeah? The story goes yeah. deeper than that, but I have uh, parts I can't say on the, on the yeah. airwaves. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and not to harp on the partnership stuff, but just like, okay, if, if I'm going to decide to do like a partnership with somebody, what, what, what is like your number one suggestion or a couple suggestions to do to make it a smooth thing? Um, I don't know, kind of get everything out in the open um, at first. Because when you get into a partnership, like there's, it's that honeymoon stage. You're all excited. You're going to take over the world. But talk about what happens if there's a capital call. You know, if if you need to put in some money, or what happens if you need to part ways, or what happens if if somebody gets T-boned and doesn't come home that night, and now you're in partnership with their wife. You know, like it's 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 it's, it's, it's just the what ifs. You know, and I'm my background is in insurance and life insurance, and so you know I know how important it is to have a plan, maybe a trust set up, kind of like that what if, like oh crap moment. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. Just get everything out in the open. How to get into the partnership? How to get out of the partnership? Um, the standard bylaws of an LLC document is just re- is real basic. It talks about dissolution of the partnership, but go one step further and you know, and make sure you like the person because you know you might end up work- you might end up being partners with their wife one day. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you don't need them, don't you know. Micah, you've got that sweet job at the at the airport at the airline. Oh, that's me. That's me. Oh, okay. yeah. Steve, yeah, you yeah, you got a sweet job where you're going to be able to retire and 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 fly wherever you want. Like, you know, I, I you got a sweet W two. You might not need a partner. You know? I yeah, that's the thing. I don't I don't like the job so much. I like the benefits <laughs> of the job. Yeah. <laughs> and I mentioned it on the show next February. Is when I could actually retire and keep my flight benefits. So it's it's weighing on my mind a little bit. But I, but now I know I, I have to find me a strength partner if I'm gonna if I'm gonna jump ship and run up as many lines of credit as I can <laughs> to get as many lines <laughs> well, of credit. I hope my bankers as I can. aren't listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. And you know, um, did you? I don't know if you listened to the the Bigger Pockets episode where the. Um, that girl from Detroit, um, Ashley. Did you listen to that one? Is it is it recent? It's recent, yeah. No, I, I didn't listen to it. What okay. What, well, she did a thing where she went through, I believe it was um, Chase Bank, mm-hmm. and she got, like, one of those credit cards that's, like, um, one year, zero interest, and she ran, yeah, that she went and bought houses with that, you know, and paying, so it's better than hard money. There's always different ways to do it, man. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Sir. So, how has one more question? How has um, you know uh, living, breathing in the insurance industry? How has that helped your career at all in this, um, in the real estate and Airbnb and all this stuff? Kinda. It's a it's a slow, a slow burn. Like I don't. Gone are the days where I try to sell somebody and you know, shove a policy down their throat. Like I. What's nice about still being in the insurance world is, you know, I'm growing my holdings. I mean, I'm acquiring more and more. My partners are acquiring more and more. 
Well, you know, I get a little kickback off that property and casualty insurance. You got, you know, if you have a loan on the house, you probably should have insurance on, on that house. Even if you don't have a loan, you probably should have property insurance. So, you know, my little baby check grows every month. You know, it's a renewal check. So as I grow my portfolio, my partners do too. And I just get a little check every month. And there's no toilets. There's no tenants. There's no overhead. It's just a, a renewal check, right? So... You know, that's another hustle, too. It's not that hard to pass your insurance exam. I mean, if you can study for two weeks and absorb facts, you know, you could be a life and health agent or property and casualty agent, and then everybody needs insurance. Like, it's a law. You have to have car insurance. You should have life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People don't. They don't think about it until they get sick or somebody passes away. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's just another hustle I have. Um. See, see, that's a that's a cool that's a cool thing because like, I would consider. I mean, would you would would this sound like a bad idea? I would consider like getting my license just so I can like put my own stuff under my under my own insurance and I can you know get better deals and, and maybe like you said the little kickbacks and stuff. I think it's a great idea. If, if you have two weeks, literally, if you can, you can have two three weeks of just cramming. You only need a seventy to pass. Hmm. And. That's it. Um, now you can write your own auto policy. You can write your own home policy. You know, you That's can, awesome. And, and then your friend, you know, if you're, everyone you know has a car and an apartment or a house. Every, you know, so you got a little bit of kickback every you know, month or two. Dude, that's awesome. Because I, I plan on accumulating more real estate. And every freaking year, well, it's the, house, the house value goes up and the insurance goes up. I'm like, dang, you know, I mean, if there was a way to... To help that out a little, that would be that'd be a game changer. Yeah. Yuri's <laughs> full of tips today. Yeah, you know? he is, man. I'm already I just went and bought my little uh domain over there. I just oh, haven't redirected it yet. Are you gonna share it? Are you gonna share <laughs> what it was? Not what? The domain name? Oh, I just bought sharebnblistings.com. No. No. <laughs> I was gonna redirect it, man. That was a genius idea. I told you and I act on stuff. As soon as I get it, I act on it. Yuri has more tips than a hot Hooters waitress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This has been good, man. I'm so happy we were able to get somebody with a lot of tips, man. Throwing some knowledge at us today. This is awesome. Um, yeah. Are you a fan? Are you, everybody, everybody says they are. But are you a fan of uh, Warren Buffett and you like kind of study what he does a little? Um, you know, he says go the opposite way of, of, of the herd. So if, if the herd is buying, you should be selling. If the herd is selling, you're buying. Um, but that's about it. You know, I, you know, I, I'm not super heavy in the market. Um, it's there. My wife's got her 401k, but you know, I'm building the, the rentals and the B&Bs. That's, that's mine. And the insurance renewals. Um, but I'll tell you who is a big fan of Warren Buffett. It's everyone that comes to Berkshire Hathaway meetings for three days here in Omaha, and I'll tell you a story. Um, my wife, who I told you would never let us Airbnb our house, she was out of town that weekend, and she goes, "Well, I don't care if you if you, if you put the spare bedroom on Airbnb." And I didn't really, I didn't really argue with her. I just did it. Like I didn't really say anything. I I, I got their green light, and so I was just like, "That's all I needed." So I took some pictures. I took a picture, some picture of the rest of our house. I put it on the market. It's just like a one bedroom and a bathroom. 
for like 275 something ridiculous for like a bedroom and i wasn't getting hit and then the day of berkshire hathaway i lowered it to 225 and i get the bring you know that airbnb cash register that we all love um, and it was a gentleman from like mexico city mexico oh wow uh, he's and he's a businessman. He has 176 employees. I thought it was like part of the cartel, so I was like, I was a little bit more like <laughs> excited to see what's going on. And and talk about like Warren fans. Like for those three days, Warren Buffett's house is is here in Omaha. I mean, he's he's on the assessors page. His name, his address is not hidden. In front of his house, everyone is taking pictures. And that was like, I, I picked the guy up from the airport. I you know for 225 a night. I figured what what the hell you know yeah. <laughs> I wanted to stop by Warren Buffett's house so you could take a picture of his driveway and everyone's talking Buffett and everyone's talking about investing but wow. yeah. dang man 225 at night for a private room yeah well it's because the hotels I I went I went on VRBO I went on VRBO and for some reason they had hotel rooms on VRBO 400 bucks jeez what yeah, we, yeah 400 bucks for a hotel room and we only I mean again we only have like Fifteen or 16,000 hotel rooms and they're building more but we got influxes of people coming that just sell those hotels out so really i wonder if people are buying up hotel rooms and putting them on vrbo you know not i don't think in omaha i don't think they're doing it in omaha no one's caught on really um oh, it might be a good side hustle because yeah. like that's one of the problems in arlington we ain't got no hotels but they want to shut down all the Airbnbs. So. That doesn't make any sense. Not at all. Yeah, Jerry Jones controls um, Arlington, Texas, y'all. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he's doing. He's in the hotel business now. So of course he's want to get rid of all the competition beforehand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that um, has been. This has been a great interview, Yuri. Uh, we've we're, we've learned a lot. Um, what, where are you, where are you going from here, man? Do you just want to keep accumulating Airbnbs and, yeah. and like how many, I don't know. How do you, you have a number in mind? Yeah. That's, What's that's, your a, that's a great question. You know, when I started getting long-term rentals, I thought, you know, and I get like 50 rentals and they'll cash flow 300 each after the mortgage and, you know, but then that's 50 air conditioning units and eight and, and, furnaces <laughs> and roofs and tenants. And with the B&Bs, because they cash flow two to two and a half to three times better than long-term rental, I realized it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 10 to 15 Airbnbs, I should be good. Like, I should be good. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hustling right now um, to get them up and running. And it's, you know, I don't get to vacation as much as, I, as I'd like to. I know Micah just got back from the Bahamas, so that he had, had fun over there. Thank you, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so just 10 to 15 Airbnbs, and I, I think I should be straight, man. And I'll still be in this game. I'll be in this game until I'm old, and I'll be flipping houses. And, um, I love it. Like, I, I'm never going to retire. But I'd like to take a little bit more vacation time. And, you know, and that's the systems, you know, I... Yeah, have to have systems, and I'm building those up. Yeah, yeah. Once you have the systems, man, it's uh, it's funny because when I was on vacation, you know, I actually, I, I turned it into a business trip. I went to visit some uh, old podcast guests of ours, and nice. that's what we were talking about with systems. And yeah, you got to have those systems. Once you have those, man, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. 
So you, that's cool though. You're kind of delaying the the fun a little bit. But like, what is that Dave Ramsey quote? Live now like others won't, so you can live later like others can't. Exactly. Yep. So it all it's great advice unless you get hit by a bus. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I get hit by a bus, my wife retires in Beverly Hills. I'm loaded to the gills in life insurance. This <laughs> guy's seen what happens when people don't do it. Man, I sleep truth. okay at night, knowing you know, no matter what I get into, you know, I can get her out of it. You know, it's yeah. back to bed. That's awesome, man. Uh, you got any more questions for our man Yuri? Uh, real quick, what what is that? Uh, the origin of Yuri? What is that? What kind of name is that? Uh, I'm from Russia. I came to the United States in 1990 when communism was falling apart. So my family is from Russia. How old were you when you came here? I was five. I was five. Oh wow! So you speak you speak Russian? I speak Ruski. Yeah, I speak ah. Russian. Stolichnaya. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a vodka. vodka. <laughs> <laughs> like wow! I was like what? <laughs> Perestroika. You're like yeah. Steve knows Russian, man. Shit. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I just know vodka. <laughs> yeah, I just know my name means shirt in Russian. Yeah. Mike, Micah, that Micah, yeah, Micah means shirt. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that all a little bit of something. Oh shit, that's cool, man. Well, thanks for hopping on, dude. This yeah, has been a man, great that was episode. A really good episode. And, this is the uh, only podcast I've ever been on. This is probably the only podcast I'm gonna go on because you're gonna come back on ours again for sure. Yeah, once people hear your story, man, they'll be hitting you up, knocking at your door, be like, "Hey, come on this podcast," you know. <laughs> Listen, so know. so where can folks um you know find out about you yeah. and um yeah website or email or whatever yep well um and i don't i don't mind talking to people um breaks the day up i'll, I'll give my personal phone number out if, if that's cool yeah i don't, I don't mind it's four zero two five seven eight three three six six and my homepage is dot net. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Yuri Pascar. You can call me. Um, I'm not really selling anything. I don't really have any sales pitch or anything. I'm not really growing a co-host business. I just you know, felt like chopping it up with you guys because, you know, you, um, like I said, when I pushed the chips in on Airbnb, I needed some people just as crazy as me. And we're talking nothing but Airbnb because <laughs> I wasn't getting it at, at the local barbecue. Like I, I, I couldn't just talk about it because they look at me weird. <laughs> it's definitely a... people standing in his house. What's wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> they don't realize that it's other houses. Yeah, they're like what? random people from the internet. What? <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely a cult, man. We love we love talking about our little Airbnb cult. It's growing, you know. But it's, yeah, um, yeah man, this has uh, been a great episode. We appreciate you hopping on, Yuri. And uh, we will, yeah, we'll do another follow-up episode very cool. quickly, if you don't mind. Cool. Like Definitely. tomorrow. We'll, we'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, this is um, Airbnb. Oh, this is Airbnb. This is uh, Live, Let, Thrive. Thanks for listening. Any closing words, Micah? Episode 89, you can catch us on Facebook, LiveLetThrive.com. Check out our Instagram. In fact, you check out everything at LiveLetThrive.com. We updated it. Everything's there. So, yeah, man. Thanks for hopping on, Yuri. We are out. Peace. Peace. Later.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.